Welcome to Across the Park Podcast, a football podcast on both Everton and Liverpool Football Club, produced by six mates, the three Reds, Gary, Phil and Terry, and the three Blues, myself, Milsey, Judgy and Craig. Each Monday, we release our latest show, where we discuss the ongoing matters with both teams, whether it be good or bad, opposing views, opinions, banter and debate. We are proud to be a family-friendly football podcast, and you can find more about us on our website, www.acrosstheparkpodcast.co.uk. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a show on your preferred podcast listening app, and make sure you give us a follow on our social media. Twitter is Across the Park PC, Instagram is Across the Park PC, and Facebook search Across the Park. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to episode 42 of Across the Park Podcast. Myself, Milsey and Craig of the Two Blues going tag team action against Two Reds, Teddy and Gary. We are recording via Zoom, so we do apologise that the quality isn't that good. We are in lockdown, of course, as you know. Uh, a few things to talk about. We're just over a week away from possibly the first Premier League game. We're going to talk about that. The Merseyside Derby venue has not been decided yet as well. There will be some news on that this week. So we're going to touch upon what we think should happen and will happen as well. Got some social media questions as well. But let's kick us off, Terry. Project Restart. It looks like we're just over a week away from the first game, which will be Man City v Arsenal. Do you see it going ahead? Do you think it's, a, it's, it's going to happen? Yeah, I think I think you know based on all the, all the noises that are coming out now, if it does feel like it, it is going to go ahead, you know they've returned to full contact training, um, all the fixtures are arranged, the Premier League, well Sky Sports and, and the media channels are starting to advertise the return of, of football and stuff, and it feels like it, it's a done deal now um, to me. Obviously, a really important game for Liverpool fans, you know, in the context of of of, of our season so far. Um, depends on what way that goes. That was. That was one of the games that we were looking forward to, to as maybe a you know a, an opportunity to sort of edge us that little bit closer. So we'd be watching it with you know with beta breath to see how that one comes out. Let's say it for what it is to see whether we can win it at Goodison or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah, but it's it, it you know it was one of them, wasn't it? it? Was I think it was due to go ahead on the Wednesday before the derby anyway, um, before we got locked down, um, and I think everyone was looking at it as you know City had had a couple of stumbles and stuff anyway. It, it hasn't been a really convincing season from them, so I think people were looking at it as you know Arsenal were maybe a team under Arteta that was starting to show a little bit of form, and, and maybe because of upset City and you know and it would have got us that little bit closer, um, but. So I'm I'm certainly looking forward. I've said a couple of times on the podcast to the return of football. Um, obviously, depending on 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 what guys that returns with in terms of like crowd noise and, and and the stands. But we'll talk about that shortly. But certainly looks like it's on its way back, and and that's going to be a, a definite go. And, and and I'll be watching that game with Peter Breath. Yeah. You've said there you, th- you think it's going to go ahead, and I, I agree. I think we're, t- we're too far down the line now. There's teams playing pre-season friendlies. I, th- I think you've got a game against Blackburn coming up this week. Against Blackburn this week, yeah. I think you've also Thursday, played, I think. Yeah, a couple of 11v11 games around field as well. Man United have done it, Arsenal have done it. So I think we are too too far down the line, especially with the, with the great news that there's not the test, the positive test have gone right down. There was zero last week, so I think it will happen. How's it going to look? I mean, we've seen the Bundesliga. We've heard rumours what La Liga is going to start with. You know, maybe some interactive crowd noise. How is it going to feel to, to you guys to, to look at look at your, I, your team playing at Anfield, for instance, and it's empty? It's going to be going to be weird for me to see Everton playing. Well, I think it's yeah, it will be. But like when we first started watching the Bundesliga, when I come back, it was a bit like you know we were all we all said the same thing. It was one of them where it was it, it's not the same. It's you're not investing in it at all. It was a bit. It's a bit lackluster watching it. It, it, was, it wasn't the same at all. But having said that, when you when the Premier League comes back and it's your team that's playing, 
you're going to have well more investors into it. You're going to be, you're going to want to watch it well more than you're the Bundesliga. It's it's easy to turn them games off because you, you've just got no interest in it really whatsoever, other than the fact that it was football. So this time round now, when it comes back and it's the Premier League and it's Liverpool playing or it's Everton playing or it's, you know, as, as Terry said there, we'll be watching the Man City game to see whether, you know, they pick up points or whether it, it turns out we can win it against Everton and things like that. You're going to be a lot more invested in certain games. So I think on that point, it's it's going to be a lot more watchable, certainly. It's going to be a lot more entertaining than it was been that, that we've seen in the Bundesliga. But yeah, as, as you touched on there, the, the La Liga they've they've talked about. I think it's I think they start on Thursday. We, we've seen before, and they're introducing like an, an interactive way of watching it, so that they've got the the fans sort of in the stadium and things like that. Or you've got a choice whether you want to watch it like that or watch it, you know, live with no supporters and, and just as it is, sort of thing. Yeah, the, I, th- it, I think well, when you say it's, it's I think what they they've basically done is it's virtual crowd imagery that can be projected onto onto the the you know the picture, so that in while the game's ongoing, it looks like the crowds are there in in the stands, <laughs> which which you'd expect the technologies there these days to be able to do that. You know what I mean? So they're saying that it, it you know it won't look it look almost like blends in with your eye be almost like what you used to see when you're watching a live football game but then when there's breaks in the game it changes so it can it can advertise like club sort of slogans or club logos or sponsors and things like that so and obviously that's because the change in the camera angle and stuff like that they can't really do it as easily so it's going to have this sort of chop and change between like crowds when it's when the game's ongoing but then like a sort of blank sort of canvas thing when it stops um, and then it'll have the virtual crowd noise in the background, but they're all optional. You know what I mean? You, you don't have to have that on. But as, as Gary said, they're optional. But so, how, how would you watch it then? If you're, you're putting BT Sports on or Sky Sports for the derby. Are you put, having big crowd noise, or are you watching it without? No, I, I, I personally think I was having on a BT Sport trial this weekend, didn't they, on the Bundesliga yeah, yeah. games? And I think if you if if you watch one in complete silence where you just heard the players shout, it's a completely different experience than watching it with some background atmosphere. Um, now. Obviously, that was the first time that BT Sport had trialed it, and it maybe wasn't perfect, but it was much better. It was a, it was a much better experience. It was like almost your body realizing this is how I'm used to watching football. I'm used to hearing this noise. You know, it just it softens mm. it a little bit, so it wasn't so jarring on 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 the experience. So, mm. I personally think I'd definitely have it on. I think empty seats and, and <coughs> no noise is a, is a bit of a turn off. I'd I'd take it over no football, but. I think with the yeah. option to have it on, I think I'd certainly have it on myself. So, so what's the first Premier League game? Is it City? Arsenal, Man City. Is it yeah. Arsenal? No, it's at Man City. Oh, we're used to empty seats there then. Anyway, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All them fans dressed as blue seats. <laughs> but um, but no, I, I, you know, I, I think I would have it on. And I think what La Liga have done, they've partnered with EA Sports. Um, so it's the it's the way that EA Sports do it for the for like the FIFA franchise and stuff. So obviously, it, they've got I think if I remember reading it rightly, they've got they'll have basically like a sound producer, and when things are happening in the game, they can play pre can noises, you know. So like, but so it will react to what's happening in the game, you know, within split seconds. Which I, so it sounds like they're being a lot more dynamic than the little test run that we got with BT this weekend. And I, you know, it'd be interesting to listen to it on, on we'll watch it on Thursday and see how it how it pans out. But I think it's definitely better than like a sterilized I think I'll yeah, I think I'll probably watch it at, at the beginning at least with, with all the crowd noise and see how how it is. Mm. If it's it's one of them, at least you've got the option. So if it's not your cup of tea, you can you can easily just go back to, to the other way and watch it without all that if, if it does distract you in any way. 
But yeah, I, I don't see why you wouldn't give it a go. You'd at least try and enhance it a little bit, wouldn't you? I'd like to see them them cover the seats up. I was watching the uh, the Leverkusen Bayern Munich game on Saturday, and Leverkusen had like a, a sponsor over there, you know, the stand that's facing the cameras, a sp- like a big sponsor, and like pictures of like not crowd but people and stuff, and it looks a lot better than than just you know big red stands. I think yeah. for me, it's, it's not so much the noise; it's the visual. You've got to do something about the visual of empty seats. Yeah, no, I, I agree, and I, I had that discussion with one of the lads we were talking about, and I said I'd rather they just literally Liverpool sort of took a picture. They must have pictures at the stands full. And I'd rather they just got that reprinted on a vinyl wrapped just to cover the whole of the stand. Do you know what I mean? Because you <laughs> skin. No, but it, it's it's just in it's it, the thing is you don't look at the crowds when you're watching a football match, but you notice them when they're not there. But yeah, they're exactly. in the background when you're watching the game, so you don't need to see detail of crowds, but you just need to see something that isn't just a bright red seat, a block of colour. So I think I, I think doing anything, and I think. What, what they're saying with La Liga, I think they're trying to use a technology solution for it, which will probably work better than my, you know, go to the local printers and print a big vinyl wrap to cover the seat. But I agree with <laughs> you, we, something is better we've than got a, We've got a vinyl wrap all around Goodison. <laughs> I know we have. Well, you've got that big yeah. shoebox that you've built on the ground <laughs> and then wrapped in white, white paper, yeah. <laughs> but, um, I think there's plenty of options, you know. I think, example for you, is that, that lower Centini stand or the lower, lower Kenny, whatever you call it. Why not put a big spirit of Shankly banner across the whole lower... Lower stands, you know what I mean, or, or a clear yeah, house banner, or Alter Hay banner, something NHS. Yeah, and and I think that's what what I said with La Liga before. Where when when there's a break in play, they're allowed to show sort of club sanctioned imagery. So that's where if the club have got a charity they want to promote, like for you, you know, with your event in the community or stuff like that, yeah. you could you could display that in that break period where they turned off the virtual crowds. So it's it, that's what I'm saying. It'd be really, I think it'd be really good to see how La Liga do it on Thursday. And give us an idea of what it'll be like probably when when the prem because they're going to do the same thing. I think I don't think it'll be dramatically different. Okay, well, well, our first game is going to be the Merseyside derby. That's going to be on Sunday at at, at seven pm, I think, and it's going to be on Sky Sports free to air, which which is great. I mean, I, I think all the games personally should be free to air, but I also understand that there's been a lot of money paid out for them, so they all can't. Anyway, look, there's, we don't even know where it's, where it's going to be. Yeah, uh, today came out in the press that a decision is going to be made on the on Friday. Uh, they claim the relevant documents were not received until last Friday. This, this is the uh, safety officer and Liverpool City Council. The safety advisory need more time to read them before a decision can be made. I was also reading an article last night where they said it's not just Liverpool fans they're worried about. It's, it's both sets of supporters congregating. Um, first of all, do you think, all three, do you think the game should be at Goodison or not? Yeah, uh, 100%. I mean, it's, it's, it's our turn to play at home and I don't see, I don't see why it shouldn't be it shouldn't be played there because, you know, there's big games all over the country. Fans are going to be willing to go back to the grounds regardless of if it's Everton versus Liverpool or as a Norwich versus Sheffield United or whoever. People are itching to go back, and it's it's up to the particular sets of fans if they do or they don't. I, I don't think we can. You, I, I, nah, I mean, from my perspective, I I don't understand if you're a Liverpool fan. You want to watch that game? Where are you watching it? Standing outside Goodison, you know what I mean? And and similarly, if you're an Everton fan, it's like, what, what are you going to do? Just stand outside and listen to the noise of, of players inside doing the odd shout, like down the line or whatever, because you're not going to hear anything else. Do you know? So why would you go and stand outside the ground? I, don't, I, don't I think the there. only the only chance you, that they could maybe get fans congregating outside is if they're coming to like welcome the bus or something. No, it's a welcome yeah. the bus because that's like an hour before kickoff, isn't it? So people could could go and congregate and sort of welcome the bus and do all that stuff. 
and then go home and watch the match and, and that would sort of be a bit of a, a contentious point but not not being like a, we're a massive club and all that but wherever you play Liverpool there's going to be Liverpool fans you know they're just everywhere wherever you play Liverpool wherever Liverpool play in the country there's Liverpool fans in that region so I don't think that's going to make that much of a difference from our point of view because I know I know the big the big talk has been mainly Liverpool fans because of you know it's been thirty years since we've won the title and this this is going to be it now so you know I, I don't know what I don't know what else they could do there's no for me there's no reason to not play at a Goodison I just don't see the logic in it I think you're right I think the only worry would be the coaches um, and if you if you did win the league at Goodison the coaches leaving as well what would the scenes be like there I think that could be a worry but at the same time surely there's avenues in place you can do you, you can block roads off you can you can move people you, you can surely do things it's not so much about playing the game at Goodison that I'm bothered about it's the idea that, that we're going to cause so much trouble that it's not going to be safe I, I don't I don't see that personally and the, the thing there as well you're saying about you know if, if we do if we were to win at Goodison the fans congregating after the match to see the coach afterwards and all that but it doesn't matter because even if it gets played somewhere else and we we win the league. Whenever we do come back, if it's gonna happen, it'll happen. Mm. Whenever they do come back to Anfield and play the next game there or wh- wherever, next time the day, if it's gonna happen, it'll happen. So, I, I, but I just don't think that it, it will. You might get the odd idiot who'll turn up and, and you know break break the the sort of social distance and rules and stuff. But you're gonna get that all over the country all the time anyway. Are, are these fans idiots though? They're just going to see the team, and if they can do it in a <clears throat> In a way which is, you know, safe and and they're not they're not out looking for trouble. Then, going to know what you're saying, Craig. Like on an individual basis, then yeah, you, you think, well, if someone wants to go down and watch the bus and they're not by anyone else, why why shouldn't you be allowed to? But it's you know, it's in a group, isn't it? Once you start multiplying that, it's like, well, why why tell anyone they can't? And then you end up with you know, hundreds of potentially thousands. There, it's a very different kettle of fish. Thinking, let's you know, it would be more like I wouldn't want to give people the chance to say oh football's back and look at these sort of hooligans already you know like breaking it up and, and it's it, it I, I think it's it's sensible to 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 not want fans around the ground at this time um and 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 let's not give anyone an opportunity to sort of lambast football fans again um but you know what i mean i i, I just personally don't think that means that we should be moving it from goodison or from the venue it should be um to to some neutral stadium in the middle of nowhere I, I, I just don't feel the need for as Mills he said I think the, the, the authorities have got ways and means that they can close roads down and make sure that the coach doesn't get accosted or like sort of you wouldn't even really get a chance to see it and they can make that clear to fans beforehand that's not even worth the, the, you know the, the, the try because you won't get close to, to the route of the coach so I, I think there's things that they can do to mitigate it but I, I don't think that there's a need to move the game. Merseyside Police have said they don't feel there's a need to move the game, and, and the National Policing Committee have said they don't think there's a need to. So it's really down to the council. And you know, with all with that being all of the evidence, you know, with all everyone who's responsible for policing it and the security and stuff, if they if they're on side, I, I don't. I think it might well go ahead. It makes me laugh, you know, because I think one day I was reading about it's both sets of fans who are going to congregate, they're going to cause trouble, we can't have the game there. The next day there was an article saying FA Cup final might have 10,000 fans from each team at Wembley. So how's that going to cause trouble? <laughs> as soon as you invite 20,000 fans down, fans go down to Cup finals without tickets anyway. Never mind mm. the additional 10 or 15,000 who are eligible to go and feel aggrieved they haven't got a ticket going down anyway. It's just stupid. It feels to me that there's a lot of finger pointing going on. 
And I'm, I'm not playing the victim card here because of scouts, but I just feel it's very easy for people to say, oh, Everton and Liverpool will cause trouble. But I'll tell you what, because they're paying the man in the FA Cup, let, let's put a rule out that 20,000 people can come down to London. just seems very, yeah. very tatty to me. Well, it, it's only the Derby and Liverpool City, the two games that haven't had a venue confirmed, isn't it? They had TBC and... In, in, no, there's, in there's the five. It wasn't them. No, it was just was them a two. strange one. I see him on Man United versus Sheffield United, and I was yeah, thinking, was, why is that? No, that was originally, but since the list, the fixture list has been sort of published. Uh, it's a, it's only the Derby and the Man City are the two games that didn't have a venue on 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 the on the published fixture list. So you know, if they obviously think it's. Liverpool fans, Everton fans, and, and City fans of uh, you know are, are the ones that they're worried about. Which it does, it, I agree with Millsy. It does. It, it feels like a little bit of a, a, a stretch, really, to say you know we're we're going to be the only people who are, who are going to cause any aggro. So our City fans going to cause aggro? I don't know whether whether again whether it's because Liverpool are involved and if we haven't sealed the title by that point and we play City, then that's a game where potentially we could seal it. You know what I mean? So it's I, not I guess, like there's six points in it. It's like twenty-five points. No. It's not going to be no, no, but, they, if they greet the coach or not. Yeah, but it could be the one, the one again where you know if results go a certain way and it isn't far until we play City, it could be a one that is the settler. And again, they, maybe if you know if they think that Liverpool fans are, would travel or whatever to be at the ground where or afterwards, I, I don't know. But they're they're the only two I know that that didn't get venues. But I, I think we I think it'll go ahead. I could, I could listen, to be honest. Moving on to some of the stories in the media this week, it looks like Chelsea have wrapped up the deal for Timo Werner. He's got a fifty-one million pound release clause. You guys were heavily linked with them for a long time, really. I think Phil was even on Radio City a few weeks back talking about it as if it was going to happen. All of a sudden, Chelsea have come in and, and, and seem to have stolen. What do you think about that? Were you looking forward to maybe seeing Timo Werner at Liverpool, or you're you happy with what you've got? Not too bad. Firstly, I'd say they certainly haven't stolen. He, he was asked to take if we wanted him, and we've obviously come in, basically made the decision not to get him. He, he, he made it abundantly clear that he wanted to play for Liverpool. He was ready to sit behind the front three and learn and get better and make sure he, he's good enough to play ahead of the front three before he's, he'll expect to play. And we've we've obviously made the decision, for whatever reason, not to go for him. Um, um, I... I I can't say I'm, I'm disappointed or I'm, I'm okay with it. I, 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 I've watched them a little bit since we got linked with them. I don't know that much about them really. Um, he seemed like he'd be the type of player who'd be able to fit, fit in. He's quick, you know. He's good on the ball. Scores like loads of different types of goals. So he did seem like he'd be a good fit for us. But you know, I, I think we, we've said it over and over again, and I don't think you'll find any like many Liverpool fans will say different. Klopp's earned the, the right to, to sort of have the you know the loyalty from the fans of whatever he decides goes and and if he, and, it's, and it does sound like it's Klopp who's decided it, it, you know when we're not to go for him. No, I, I, well, I slightly disagree on whether it was Klopp who decided because he's met him and basically said that he was keen you know to to, to sort to of have him, yeah. a great player. But I, in the same vein that I think Klopp's earned the right to sort of you know. Have the trust of the fans. I think Michael Edwards and, and almost FSG to a degree of have, have, have got to be given the trust of the fans now. They've you know they've handled the financial side at Liverpool with a plum really, and and the transfers the way that the way that he's gone about the business, Edwards maximising value and, and and sort of getting us you know transfers over the line that we didn't even really think that we'd be able to do, like such as the Van Dijk one after all that mess. So I, I think I think the whole structure need the trust of the fans, you know, and and. Werner is one of them, you know. I, I take your point. He, he scores all the 
types of goals and he does look like a very exciting young talent. But Phil from the podcast, he's been quite vocal about it, saying he doesn't think he'd be a good fit for the way that we play. You know, he's, he's a player who, who would do best with teams, giving them space to run in behind. And we don't really play that way. So you probably need a player who's better with the, with the ball at his feet and maybe that isn't him. Um, so I think Phil has sort of felt like he hasn't really been a great fit anyway. And a couple of players have came out, ex-players have came out and, and, and sort of said the same. I think Fowler came out. And yeah, said he wrote he, a column on it. Yeah, he doesn't think that he'd be a good fit. So it's one of them, you know, I, I think Klopp did like him. Um, and, and and I think, as as Gary said, if we wanted him, he'd be, he'd be wearing a red shirt, you know, because he was very keen to come to Liverpool. Chelsea have obviously just seen the opportunity and by all accounts, Red Bull have turned around. They've got the highest spend, I think, out of any club in Germany after Bayern Munich, even more than Bayern Munich over the last season or two. So I think they've turned around after the coronavirus impact and stuff and basically said, you know, we can't afford for you to sit tight for another year because as Bayern Munich move fell through, as Liverpool moves now going to fall through. And if he was going to sit tight for another year waiting for Liverpool, you know, for, for the financial situation to get a bit clearer, I think Red Bull have said, unfortunately, your clause drops to about 30 million and we can't afford to see an asset of your value yeah. go for 30 million. So I think they've almost said, unfortunately, you're going to have to, you're going to, have to entertain the Chelsea offer. And, you know, Chelsea have got a, a billionaire benefactor in Abramovich who maybe isn't feeling the same pain as everyone else on, on, on the financial thing. So he's willing to stump up the cash. So it is what it is, really. Um, well, do you know what, Terry? That's actually a good segue into a social media question that we got. We got a great question from someone called Alan. And he basically refers to an article where it says Vane is going to Chelsea. And at the footer of that article, it basically says Liverpool will not sign anyone this summer due to the difficult financial climate, reports of claims. Now, Alan says that he thinks that, that that might hinder you if if that's true and it'll give other teams a chance to catch up. What, what, what's your response to that? I think we, we've sort of discussed this a little bit out between ourselves anyway, I, I, you know, as you do on the, on the WhatsApp groups and stuff. And I think it's one of them where it's going to depend on what other teams do because, you know, we're, we are in, in a good position as a club financially. So if we're in a position where, you know, we, we maybe can't spend as much as we, we maybe like to because of what's happened... Other clubs are going to be in similar, if not worse, situations. And you know, if we can't, if we can't really afford to spend the, the money that, as I said, we'd, we'd maybe like to, others aren't going to be able to. So if they can't, they're not going to be able to to make that that gap up as much as need maybe think they need to and, and probably do need to. Have you not always been a bit more sensible with money than other teams? Though I'm thinking of Chelsea have signed absolutely the Ajax players, Yek is it, and the Tanner yes, yeah. Werner. You you you've always been a bit more sensible. You've sold and bought and things like that. I've never known you to go on a, a two hundred million pound spending spree without selling someone, for instance. No, FSG have, have always said they want to run the club as a as a you know a profitable and sort of balanced business, and that's why they were so. Um, unhappy when Man-, Man City first got found for breaching the financial fair play rules because all of a sudden FSG's plan of a model which was operating within them rules and meaning that we can level the playing field a little bit was in tatters mm. so they you know they were quite vociferous about that so I think they've always had that and, they, and they've always been upfront about that's the way that they want to run the club now as I said there Abramovich is maybe and, and City are the two teams that maybe you know they've got billionaire owners and, and in City's case they've got, a, they've got a nation of oil wealth behind them so they're in a very different boat I think where they're maybe not touched by this as, as much as, as as we are but as Gary said I think what a lot of Liverpool fans are, are concerned about is we've seen all of the reports that the, you know the clubs in Rude Health financially and stuff it's had a record breaking over 100 million profit the year that Coutinho went you know we reported a 42 million profit on record revenues last season to May 9th, 2019 and 
I think everyone's looking at that thinking like there's big massive piles of cash just sat there, you know, after these profits were recorded. But that's not really how it works. You know, if, if you think that money, then the club know that that exists. They'll use that. They tied some of the senior players down, you know, to, to big contracts, you know, to sort of retain them. And, and, and you know, they weren't, they weren't chump change contracts. We spend 60% of our revenue on, on player wages. And we make a round, if I remember rightly reading in the accounts, it was 4.4 million a game from match day revenue. But there's four home games that we're not going to be playing now that are going to earn any revenue from. So there's 20 million quid that, that otherwise the club would have been banking on receiving. Mm. is pretty much gone. That's half the profit that we recorded last year disappeared. So all of a sudden you're getting very close to eroding that little buffer that you built up off record years because four games haven't gone ahead at Anfield. So I think people just need to take a step back and understand that you know there isn't some big massive pile of screws McDuff money floating around, which you know we've made in past seasons. It's, football clubs do run on quite a small sort of margin in a way, you know, because the wage bills are so big. And if you're spending sixty percent of your revenue on wages, footy player wages, and all of a sudden you've got no revenue, which and the, and the club sensibly are looking at that, probably thinking, well, that might be the case next season as well, because if crowds can't go back to football next year, you might potentially play a full season behind closed doors. Because how could you introduce them later on the season? You know, because clubs might say, well, we played our home game without crowds, and now you are getting crowds back at your home game so if you're potentially looking at but maybe not having any crowds at a game next season that's 19 home games that Liverpool aren't making four and a half million quid each one so you start to see that the numbers do stack up and I think it's it's probably a sensible approach that the club are taking to not overextend ourselves and really set us back will it open the door to clubs like City and Chelsea catching us possibly but it's something that we're going to have to deal with isn't it because we're just not in a position I don't think to be able to, to say well let's just squander Hundreds of billion millions on players when we might not make might not make a penny over the next eighteen months. <laughs> I think the th- I think the thing helping Chelsea at the minute is they've gone through the last two or three windows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know they're playing a bit of catch up themselves, aren't they? Whether they catch up will catch catch the likes of Liverpool up is is to be seen. But I think I think what they're doing is the Chelsea are signing players in the moulds of players that they've already got as well, aren't they? Young players. You know, up and coming, and 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 for the future, they might it might not work overnight, but I think it's something I've been looking for in the next two or three seasons. Yeah, oh, it's one of them. It you know, I'm... But, but would it worry you? I mean, the, the the meat of his question there was that it worries him away from the financials and the reason, and you've just justified the reason why why Liverpool might not be able to spend it, and it's a very good reason, very very sensibly said. But away from that, would it worry you if other teams were spending and you weren't? Of course. Well, Mills, we're only at the minute. We're only seeing Chelsea spends, aren't we? We're not seeing. They're the ones, yeah. Else. They're the ones who will, like you said, they're, for the they're reason. Spends and, and they've got what? How many points to catch up on Liverpool? 20, 30 points to catch up. Thirty. Well, it's twenty-five. Thirty odds. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, so probably 30, 35 points to catch up. With with ten games to go, so, so you can see you can see Man City doing player trading because Sane is going to go to Germany, isn't he? He was on the verge of going last year for 70, 80 million. So even the FFP, there's eighty million in City's pockets to spend, and then this knock-on effect global. It's not just in England, is it? So you've got teams across Europe who are going to be looking to trade. So I think teams who do bring money in, I think they can be a danger to Liverpool of City. All of a sudden, they've got eighty million in Chelsea. You've got you know a, a bank there to spend. I think from the outside as an Evertonian, I think teams can catch Liverpool if they do spend this summer. Well, it's one of them, though. I think Liverpool have got players that we can ship out as well, though. Mm. 
you know, we're, we're not a club that, that haven't got players that are surplus. You know, there's, there's players there that we'll probably bring in some money for if, if, if they want to go. You know what I mean? And maybe not the, the, the sort of mega fees, but certainly we'll probably still get healthy fees because they're not the type of players that be going for superstar transfer fees anyway. Do you know what I mean? So, so I think there are, there are players that we'll be able to ship out. And we, I, I, I fully expect, and, I, you know, I've talked about Michael Edwards before being quite astute. I think he is a wheeler dealer. I think he, you know, he, he knows how to play the game he's he's been very clever in the previous transfer window so I, I fully expect he'll be very clever in this one um mm. and you know that it, it is one of them I, I think if, if there's if there's wheeling and, and dealing to be done I think Liverpool will be in it but I just don't think we're going to be a club that's going to go and spend you know 70 80 million on, on on an individual player or even a couple of players without bringing some money in um so am I do I worry that teams can catch us at it's a, as Craig's just sort of you know said, it's a massive gap, you know, a massive difference between us and the rest of this season. Um, and you've always got to be worried if you're if you're up there, you're always going to be on, you know, on teams that want to close that gap and on your heels, and you've got to you've got to always try and improve. But I still think we've got a young team that is improving. And getting yeah, better. and I think that there's a lot to be said, and I think Phil's been a big advocate of this over the past couple of years, where it, there's a lot to be said about the players staying together and it not being broken up, and them having that extra year of familiarity under the belt and working together, knowing how each other play and knowing knowing each other's runs, movements, and you know, there is a lot to be said for that. So. I think as much as, you know, it, it is, it, it's easy to be worried when, when you see other teams spending and you're just sort of standing still, if you will. But again, the, the players that we've got who are, who are staying together, who work well together, and we've seen, you know, two Champions League finals on the run, win on one of them. We've we've absolutely walked this league this year. Um, it's, I, I think it is it is a long way to go for them to catch us. And, and on the City point, there's no guarantee that their, their Champions League ban is going to be, you know, reduced or, or you know diminished so if that's the case there's no not I'm saying that you know the top top players will, will go to them or they'll retain the players they've got the De Bruyne is already saying he's looking at the situation and, and seeing seeing what does what the outcome is so and if that two-year ban gets upheld and their best player mm-hmm. suddenly decides I'm off then that you know they're they're not they're certainly not catching that that 25 points that's there now Hmm. Am I right in saying that Liverpool didn't spend last summer? Yeah, we only brought yeah. Adrian in. Yeah, we didn't 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 really spend last summer at all. I mean, I know I know there's a risk there with a couple of you know transfer windows not spending, but I say I think everyone's going to be in the same boat. So, Millsy, we know as as well as anyone being Evertonians, but it's been windows where we haven't spent and we've hmm. we've surprised ourselves. Well, last summer, last summer, me and you had done a podcast and we were. I rate that we, we weren't bringing Zuma in. We, we were good to be lost guy. Now, the stories this week that both those players are available. There was a story this week in the Express that it's just a guy and a guy has been offered to numerous English clubs. There's rumours that Chelsea don't want Zuma. They've had a look at him this season and he can go. Are those are they two players that you'd like to go back in for or is that ship sailed now for you? Yeah, no, but uh, Garnagay, 100%. He's probably one of the best old midfielders we've had, ever, well, we've had at Everton. Um, could you play in a 4-4-2 do you think um, <laughs> no then <laughs> no but I mean but with a player like him I think Ancelotti's got enough nouse about him to I think 4-4-2 sort of been 
put, put on him this season. Mm. Uh, I, I'm, I'm right in saying that uh, Napoli plays four, he played four, five. There was a mix. There was, an, there was an interview with him when he first came, and he basically said he, he he looks at the opposition and he'll adapt to the opposition. But I think you're right in what you're saying. I think he saw Duncan Fergus play four, four, two, and our results turned around, and he sort of has kept that since. So you're right. Maybe he will look at changing it. To be honest, in games, I think we start in a four, four, two, and ends up playing in a, in like a four, three, three anyway, mm. or a four, five, one. You, you see, like Richardson going out on the wing anyway, and 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 um, whoever whoever the other winger is Bernard Walcott or whoever playing playing the other side. So yeah, hundred percent. He's a he's a he's a player who I don't think we could. I mean, given the the the, uh, the Gabbaman situation, I don't think he's a player who can be sniffed at Garnagay. Like, mm. but we're linked with um, Rabio, aren't we? And Alan as well. T- two good players from Serie A. And you know we're not going to get we're not going to get all three. So I, I personally will bring a Jessica and a guy back. Um, I like the look of Rabio from Juve. I think he's a player with, with big potential. Um, I'm not, I haven't seen much of Alan to be honest, but he's been muted to be. He's nearly thirty, and he's going to cost about forty million. Is that is that Rabio the one who's at PSG? Yeah, yeah, we we have a link with him. Yeah, I think there's a bit of a like like in the same sense as. Keely, there's a bit of a question about his temperament and stuff, isn't it? He's fell, he's fell out with a few managers in the past, and he's he's publicly yeah. publicly fell out with them. Yeah, yeah. I think we we discussed that on one of the pods a, a week or two ago. Me, I think, uh, or a couple of weeks ago, me and Judgy and and Judgy said, in fairness, he said, I think, uh, you know, that aside, the manager of Ancelotti's caliber, you know, and standing in the game, you think he'd have the ability to sort of keep in check, you know, the ego of a youngster. Um, and I don't. I think Judge said I don't think he's the type of manager who wouldn't do his, his work, his due diligence. You know, to to understand what it was that that's being the cause of that. Mm. And sometimes it, it can be a little bit of a, a nonsense, or you know, it happens a bit earlier in the career. Look at Shakiri. For all he hasn't been getting played at Liverpool, but he hasn't really ever came out and done anything to make us think, you know, that oh, that's the reputation that we we've heard about. You know, when yeah. he was at Stoke and Inter and stuff and buying. So. Sometimes you've just got to sort of take it with a pinch of salt, haven't you? And, and and think maybe it was just growing pains being a young sort of tempestuous teenager or whatever. But I think he he does look a good player. Like you've only got to look at the players who, who Ancelotti's managed in the past, like the Catusos, and you know he had a temperament. He was a fiery <laughs> firecracker, where he is, and he managed to get the best out of him. So I think a manager like Ancelotti just he, he uses. A, do you know what? It I might think... work in your favour that he's been like that in, in in like recent years because if it is if it is what Terry's saying, like a bit of growing pains as a youngster and stuff. If if he is sort of getting out of that, but other clubs are looking at him like he he could be a pain to us. But in reality, he's actually got past that stage. It, it could be a, a decent deal if he's too striking. Mm-hmm. How would you feel, Craig, if we if we did go back in for Kurt Zuma? Um, I think the emergence of Allgate this season. As shown, I don't think we we particularly need to go go there again. I'd like like us to maybe explore other options. I know there's been talks of um, the, the the Napoli centre half. Cooler Valley. <laughs> well, what's what's funny? <laughs> well, it's funny because I think he. he... He actually came out himself didn't he? and sort of said he's looking at the Premier League, but he's looking at. I think he na- he name checked a couple of teams who he said like you know it, it would be you know more the top top echelon of the of the teams like your Chelsea's, Liverpool, Cities. Castle linked with them. Yeah, that's just a money, just a money factor, isn't it? They've got that Saudi Arabian takeover, and if there's if there's all of a sudden billions on offer there, then I think the papers are just taking you know putting one on one and getting three, aren't they? 
Well, well, I think if you if you want to fork out any money, what what would Zuma cost? Twenty million. I think he's. I think he's less, you know, because we we will. I think we bid. The rumours were we were bidding up to twenty five million last season or last preseason, and that was based on on having one 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 good year in about three. He was at Stoke previously and didn't do nothing there. Went down with them, so I think he'd get him for cheaper than that now. I I think he'd be looking, especially with the climate. I I wouldn't be surprised if if he loans him out again. To be honest, Mills, would you be happy with Zuma and and um, Garner guy? I think the two. I think the two players we've missed this season. Um, I think we could hopefully get better. Um, I, I don't know if Rabio or Alan are better than Guy. I mean, they're highly rated. I, I've seen Guy for four or five years, and he was at well, three or four years, brilliant player. I've seen Zuma for a year, and it was only six months he was any good. I'd like to think Zuma could come in with another centre half. If, you, if you're going to get rid of Michael yeah. Keane and then you're going to play Holgate with someone and have Zuma as the backup, I think that would be ideal if you get Zuma on some sort of season-long loan. If if the window's shut and we've only brought those two in, again, it's a tough one because I'm I'm, I'm, op- I'm openly saying, hey, we missed them. At, at the same time, can we do better? I think so. And not only that, it, it's a case of you've had, what will it be, three transfer windows without them or two transfer windows and it's basically stood still. Yeah, we we well we we couldn't we couldn't keep Guy last summer because in the January we knocked a bit back from PSG on the understanding that if you give us six more months we wouldn't stand yeah. anyway. So we, we were at a loss there. The Zuma one we were openly trying to get back in. It went right to the last last minute of the window. We were trying to get Marcus Rojo in, where we Craig on like five to five on deadline, <laughs> on deadline day, remember? Because the Zuma deal went straight to the wire. Um, I don't know. It's 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 one of those we have we have missed a pair of them, but. We, we we missed them in a Marco Silva setup. Would they would they would they fit in a four four two? I'm not too sure. Well, I I don't I think we got Garner guy back. I don't think we'd be playing in a four four two. I think he would adapt and and he's that good of a midfielder. He, he's energetic. He, he puts himself about. I think it'd be foolish to maybe put the likes of Sigurdsson and. You know, Davis in it. Yeah, I think I think you're right. And you all said, didn't you? He was getting better, gay, and he was he was adapting his game. You know, he's gone from like being a wrecker to actually being a bit more of a ball player, wasn't he? He was like starting to actually get better. You know, so I think you're right. I think he could adapt. But interestingly, for 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 me, you know, we're talking there about Liverpool, the coronavirus impact and stuff. If if we're turning around and saying, you know, that we're going to struggle to buy players and we're posting record profits of forty million and hundred million over the last two seasons or whatever. Use was sailing very, very close to the wind before the naming rights deal or the option on the naming rights deal on, on, on Bramley Moor. You were very close on the financial fair play. So have you actually got any latitude to be able to do any any purchases? Where are you up to? You know what? It, it wouldn't surprise me if, if someone's socks start getting sponsored by USM next month. You know what I mean? Because that, that many deals, <laughs> that many deals that have happened that you think, where I come from? Our training ground has been renamed after Osmanov's company. That was once a day, didn't we? With the um, same Kazoo, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that's not your training wear, is it? That's your main shirt sponsor, isn't they're, it? They're going to be the main sponsor, yeah. We're also looking for an additional um, shirt sleeve sponsor because the Angry Birds sponsorship deals up. Um, we've got um, who's the is a Hummel Craig who came in as well. Yeah, they, Hummel, yeah. So yeah. we've got we've got new sponsorship deals that are all an upgrade on, on what we have had. So there's more money coming in on, on the books anyway. But like I said, I, I'd be very, I'd be. I wouldn't be shocked if something USM plant pots start start going down county roads. And, you know what I mean? There's, there's always something that pops up with us. Them sponsors sound like he's a gear enough for the championship to me. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it, you know, it's a, you just mentioned the Hummer one there, and I, you know, I'm making a joke of it because it, it made Liverpool fans laugh. But what was your opinion when you seen that press release where they basically said, you know, the, the club 
that we want to work with. We, we value the underdog, the ones who, who have got great, great hopes but don't ever quite succeed. How did that go down? That shouldn't have gone down well with Everton fans, that surely. It's a bit of a foot and mouth I, I, moment I, I by never, your new I never master, saw, isn't it? I, I never saw no, no uproar really on social media. I mean, I, I look at our social media all the time and I, I didn't see much. Me personally, I just laughed at it. I just thought, you know, it's, it's one of those. It's someone in their, their home base or wherever they're based. It's someone looking at the league table the past 20 years and saying, sometimes they've punched above the weight and now they've got a bit of money and maybe their fans see themselves as that. And, and possibly a generation of our fans do see us like that. I think they were, they were, they were signing a um, sort of chat the 92 Denmark European Championship winning team where right. they were trying to say with the underdogs they didn't even qualify and yet you won the competition mm. I think that's what they were getting and I think they were um it's just, it's just like one of them, isn't it? Where you think, oh God, you can't say that on your face straight away. Do you know what I mean? And you think that <laughs> the club probably haven't really enjoyed that one, have they? they probably it's like Cooman putting red deckies on his Christmas tree. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, Everton. it always happens to us. No one gets, no one gets the memo. No one gets the memo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we'll see. You'll see. Craig, Craig looks like a 1960s track athlete. <laughs> Oh, well, Terry, look, I think Everton will spend money this summer, you know, honestly. We're going to get players off the books this summer as well. They were on, they were on big money. And we always seem to get, like I said, these little sponsorship deals coming up, coming up from nowhere. With Carlo Angelotti there, I'm not so sure he came in on a pretense that we're, we're flying quite close to the FFP line and, and he's got a wheel and deal. I don't think he came in if that was if that was the agenda. That I, was I think... all pre-coronavirus, that though, wasn't he's it? Get, he's getting paid about 12 million a year, Mills. I think he's come in if, I was, if he had my bank balance to work with. Mate, tell you what, just wait. County Road next, next week, there'll be USM Pharmacy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's fair, it's fair play, but okay, so you're expecting us to spend quite a lot in, in this summer, despite what's going on with the coronavirus lockdown and stuff. Are you going to be very, very disappointed as an Everton fan if that isn't the case then? Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you think you will fall fall away and 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 you know in in terms of you're looking at getting maybe into European places this season or probably even better originally if we're being honest um, and then it hasn't quite worked out. Do you feel other teams that are in around you are going to spend? I don't know. I, I think we're the best. We're in the best possess. Well, sorry, best position of the teams around us to spend. But the question is, if we don't and they do, I'd be I'd be gutted. I look at our team as it's massively imbalanced. Not only the team but the squad. We've got, th- we've got three centre halves in a squad of thirty. We've got a, we've got no backup goalkeeper basically because the one we did have got shipped back to Huddersfield on in January and isn't even playing there. You know, the other one, Martin Stecklerberg's 37, 38. We had the young goalkeeper. He was shipped out at Reading and sent back. So that's a massive problem if Jordan Pickford gets injured. And he's not really reliable anyhow. So you really want someone to come in and push him. Then you're talking mm. three centre-halves. Two of them aren't very good. You've got a right-back who's easy. You've got a left-back. <laughs> you've, you've got a left-back with a 36-year-old backup. You know, you've got a midfielder with no defensive midfielders in there, basically. You've got the other one who's on social media. Front and half hands on social you're media. You're making me feel great. <laughs> you going down. down. I want to sit, sit back here <laughs> So, yeah, Terry, if we didn't bring anyone in, I'd be absolutely gutted. <laughs> Will's already open a bottle of whiskey there. Hello, I'm telling you. I think that's a very big yes. He will be good. I'm glad I asked that question now. You've made me feel boss. Craig, what do you reckon? Am I right? Are we imbalanced? Are you look- if- same question to you. We bring no one in. Are you gutted? I'm gutted after that. Hello? I can see Craig on the Zoom and he's crying his eyes out here in the corner. Um, of course. No, I-, I do think we'll spend this summer. I think we're, we're in a position. I think we've. Um, I think we'll be in a position this summer where we will spend... Um, more so than those around us and 
whether going back to, to what we've already had is the, is the, the option I'm, I'm you know I'm not a hundred percent on I wouldn't mind Garner Gay wouldn't want I don't think I want to go back but it would be nice if we could sign those other two Nabio and, and Allen mm. depending on fees of course what about a right yeah. midfielder Craig for me that, that team's crying out for a right midfielder isn't Allen a winger no, I, th- I think he's he's a sort of attacking player. I, I don't think he's a he's a natural winger. Yeah. Hello. But you know what? I, I said right midfield there. That, that probably brings us on nicely to our, our social media question we got from uh, Brian. A great question for for both sets of fans. Really, he wants to know if you could bring three players back from the past that you've seen play for your team into this current eleven. Who would they be? And who would they be for? Now, I say right wing there because I said Andre Kanchaska straight away. He goes in ahead of Theo Walcott for me. No brainer. I'd also bring Neville Southall in for Jordan Pickford. And I'd bring Tim Cale in to play attacking midfield ahead of Gilfie Sigurdsson. Craig, stick with, the, stick with the Blues. What would you do? Is this the Neville Southall you've seen? Well, I've seen, I've seen Southall from the early 90s to the late 90s. I didn't see the 80s, but it, he was never someone I, I was fearful of dropping a clanger. You know, I've, I never ever thought that of him. And he was still better than Pickford. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have Southall. I think if it, if it was for me, I'd yeah, I'd go with Kinchelskis for Walcott. I, I can't say I can't say um, can't go without saying Beardsley. Can I Beardsley for Sigurdsson? Right, yeah. And I do you know what I was thinking about this, and I was thinking, do it sounds harsh saying it, but I think I'd go for a Coleman pretty for a Coleman now. <laughs> <laughs> That's close. Judge nice. oh, not on the show tonight, but I'll, I'll give you this three as well. He said he'd bring Julian Lescott in ahead of Michael Keane. He said he'd bring Gary Speed in to play centre midfield ahead of Morgan Schneiderlin. And he'd bring Mikel Arteta to play attacking midfielder ahead of Gilfie Sigurdsson, which is quite shocking because Judge absolutely adores Gilfie Sigurdsson. So. <laughs> <laughs> Reds, Reds, same question to you. The question was to both of us start with you, Gary. What, what, who, who would your three be in and who would they be in for? Yeah, th- this was really tough for me on the basis of who to take out of the team because it, it's, it works so well as a unit as it is now. But I went for uh, Sammy Hippier at centre-half for, for Joe Gomez. And the reason I went for Hippier over Carragher because it, it, was, it was a tough one because with, you know, with the connection the Liverpool fans have got with Carragher and things like that. But I just thought it, he's no worse off positionally and, and, and defensively minded Hippier than, than Carragher was. And he'll win well more headers, the same as Van Dijk. We'll never lose another aerial duel again as, as, as a defensive unit. I just think it solidify us up even more than what we are now. So I went with Hippier. Um, I went with Gerard. Obviously, I don't think you get any Liverpool fan who won't say Gerard. Um, I went with... This was probably the hardest decision to make for the midfield. I, I was trying to fit it in where would I want Gerard to play, where who would I want round him and things. I went with replacing Wijnaldum. Um, which hurt me to say because I love Wijnaldum, but it, yeah, I think it'd be that. I think Gerard and, and the way Henderson is at the minute, I think Gerard would work extremely well with Henderson and with Fabinho sat just behind them. I think they'd be a force to be reckoned with. Um, and then my me, me last one was Suarez coming in for Firmino. I just think that the, the way Salah and Mane are, yeah, I don't, I, at the moment, you can't take them off the team. And, and Suarez was probably one of the best players I've ever seen in, in the Liverpool shirt. So mm. I, I, that was that was probably more straightforward for me. Eddie, what were you? Yeah, so, I mean, a few similar names in there. So 
first and foremost, Gary's gone for it here. I've gone for Carragher. I, I, I think, you know, as good as, as Sammy Appiah was, um, you know, I think Carragher just fair points on the headers, but in terms of, I imagine the leadership in the organisation, he's having that back line with Carragher and Van Dijk, you know, Carragher telling Trent where to be positionally and stuff and, and making sure he's well covered. I think, you know, Jamie Carragher, for me, you know, I think you're just adding another massive, massive leader to that side, another voice on the pitch and, you know, a little bit more of a scout influence. So he'd be, he'd be my selection um, at the back. I'd put Gerard in, but I'd put him in um, different to Gary instead of Warren Alves. And we go in for Henderson for me, as good as Jordan Henderson has, has, has grown to be um, and, and how big an impact as a leader on the pitch he is for us. I think Gerard in every single facet of the game is better than him. Um, it, and that's no no slight on Henderson. I just think Gerard is, is a more complete player, you know. And as, as, again, as good as Henderson's driven us on, Gerard's done it in a, in a worse team for, for for a longer time. And I think he's a more natural fit to play alongside Wijnaldum. Um, you know, it, it, I think it would work better in a midfield with a Gerard and Wijnaldum than a, a Gerard and a Henderson. Um, so that would be my choice. Um, and then up front, I've, I've gone the same Suarez for Firmino. Firmino is my favourite player, but. I think Suarez, he gives you everything for me. He gives plus even more goals. You know, he gives you the work rate, the, the ability to conjure something from nothing. And and again, he's just another leader on the pitch. You know, another absolute animal of a player who, who sort of leads from the way he plays. And I think with, with the likes of him, Van Dijk, Gerard, and Carragher on the pitch, I don't think we'd ever lose again. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Look at the players we picked and the players they picked. <laughs> <laughs> the ones we're taking out of our team, you'd have in yours in a half. No, we're like that. Come on, yeah. <laughs> you know what would be interesting? No. I, I asked one of the lads, one of the Reds, Mick, and I said, I wonder what you get after the pick. Because, like, look at the old Reds, the 70s Reds. Yeah, it's yeah. Hugh Nest, Arglisi, and Rush, Kenny, you know. That'd be a, that'd be a great if you get one of your I'll answer that question. I'd be interested to hear who they bring in because we're being told this Liverpool team is one of the best Liverpool teams of all time. However, you you, you two haven't seen the seventies and eighties team much, so you'd, you'd come mm. in there. Yeah, I think so. it would be it'd be a good probably a good good one for for, for the Reds to do as a show. Maybe you know get a couple of mm. Isle fellas and, and and stuff for me and maybe do something. So maybe one one to, to to look into. Did Phil get back to us, Gary? With the no, team? I've just had another check. It hasn't even sent to him. I think he's probably in a canoe in Madrid somewhere or something. <laughs> Still on his way back in the Champions League. <laughs> <laughs> he, just said, he said he wouldn't swap anyone for Lallana. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably about right. <laughs> He just wants to bring Lalana in from the bench and put him in ahead of someone. He bring he bring Coutinho back and just sort of like somehow get him back in the team just for anyone. Yeah. Oh, we we got that question from Brian on our Twitter across the park PC. It's also across the park PC on Instagram. We've got some IGTV videos up. A show with Gareth Farrelly was on there as well. And um, myself and Judge did as an extra. One extra that came out last week, Gary. We got great feedback on one you and Phil did with Jay Spearing. Was still getting feedback. It was released alongside a Tony Bellew episode, so a red and a blue one at the same time. And the sorts of without without giving too much details away on our analytics that the both doing really well. Jay Spearing's getting really good feedback. Is that something you enjoy doing? Yeah, it was great. You know, it was you know we we've been trying to get him on for a while, but you know we've been quite busy with with the charity work he's been doing, and obviously still playing the game and stuff. He, he has been quite his, his schedule's been quite hectic, but mm. no, we did finally get him on, and and it was it was a great show. We, we really enjoyed talking to him. He was great down to earth lad. You know, not was off limits. He, he went went in depth in quite a few things and was quite happy to talk about his time and open and honest and. 
No, he's basically just he is just a local lad who, who lived the dream. Everyone wants to wants to live, and he's still living it really in at Blackpool. But you know, as I say, it, it was a great chat, and you know, re- really good listen for anyone. I think Jay Spearin's done a few podcasts uh, with different people lately, but our one, I mean, I, I listened to it in full, and some of the questions you asked, the, the detail on the on the Alonso Garapari situation, Suarez leaving, you know, Tor- Torres leaving, there was some really good stuff. So anyone who hasn't listened to that, don't just see Jay Spearin doing a podcast and thinking it's going to be who's the best player you played with. It was really, it was in great detail, great listen for any events. We had Tony Belly out as well. He was talking about his boxing career, his fight at Goodison, growing up. You know, going on the pitch at, at the Wimbledon game, and Craig, me, and you done a podcast last week with um, Mick Rathbone that we're going to release this Thursday. He had some great behind the scenes stories, didn't he, from his time at Everton? Yeah, some good stories. I mean, you know, it's not just you know, it's good. It's good insight because he's worked with every type of player, hasn't he? Every single type of player, and and yeah, he, he hasn't got a bad word to say about anyone, has he? But mm. you can see he's got like a, a twinkle in his eye for certain players, and hasn't he? And, and um, his, his story on um, his first day after um, Belfield's a good one as well, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, brilliant. And any, any blues who, who want to listen to the behind-the-scenes stuff under the David Moyes era, listen to that. Baz doesn't do many podcasts. We were absolutely honoured to get him on. Stuff from, you know, the Wayne Rooney injury in Europe 2004 with the country's eyes, watching him get Rooney fit. You know, the season finishing fourth. Duncan Ferguson's injury problems. Louis Saha's injury problems. The time that we lost three players before the cup final. All that great behind the scenes stories that have built Thursday you know more across the park extras will be coming as well we're always talking to guests from both sides we're trying to bring you some more shows in in this lockdown because we know you know we're all stuck at home in isolation so we're trying to bring you more content but Terry just to close out the episodes me and you were honoured to be on the last across the park podcast across the park on Radio City Talk with Matt Jones now you sort of you sort of broke at that us getting on City Talk didn't you with Matt and we we enjoyed it we had a, a great time didn't we yeah, we did. You know, it was it started really with us being on City with uh, the Legends football phoning. You know, we we, we called a couple of, a couple of times into that and, and done a little chat, and then you know they got to know the podcast and what we were about, and then, and then obviously we got given the opportunity to go on Matt's show, um, almost as a as a one off to try as a test run, but then obviously we became a bit of a weekly fixture, mm. um, so every Thursday and. It was a great little show. You know, we we're really, really proud and, and appreciated the opportunity. You know, to, to get that slot and, and and to work with Matt. He's a great guy, and and you know, it was a great great station. And it's a real shame, you know, for I think for for all of us on the podcast anyway, and and for the city to to lose City Talk. You know, it was a, it was a great station, and and certainly I, I personally really enjoyed, it and I think all the lads on the podcast did, and and we were really grateful for for, for City to give us that opportunity and, and Matt Jones. Yeah, it's a shame. I mean, I don't know the ins and outs of what's happened with Radio City Talk, but I think we'll all agree that even before we were on there as, as you know, contributors, we were big fans of City Talk, weren't we? It's going to be a massive loss. It was programmes on my card to be the first thing that came on. The footy talk with Steve Hothersall in the morning, Matt Jones in yeah. the evening. Big loss, but you know, we had, we had a great time on there. Um, I think that brings us to the close of the show, guys. Yeah, be- just before we go, I think Phil should pull us canoe out of Mersey because he's okay. back to me. <laughs> um, He's he's gone for Suarez over Firmino as well, same as me and Terry. And he's gone for Carragher over Gomez, same as Terry. But he's gone for Gerrard in the middle over either Fabinho or Ox, which Oxley Chamberlain, whichever one would have been getting the nod at the time. So he'd have had a midfielder, Gerrard, Henderson, and Wijnaldum. So all threes have different different threes in midfield. Interesting. Yeah. Well, that was a great question. Like I said, that our social media is across the park PC on both Instagram and Twitter. If you're on Facebook, just search Cross the Park Podcast. 
boys. Absolute pleasure talking footy with you. Just can't wait to get back in the studio and have, have a beer and, and talk a bit more. But next week's the pre-derby episode. Not too sure what day that'll be released on because we, we may wait for the City game. But check our um, social media. We will let you know. Thanks for listening. See you soon.